I'm going to start with a question. Have you ever done something that has amounted to nothing? Have you ever done something that's amounted to nothing? Or have you ever started something that you just didn't quite finish? Has there ever been a point in your life when you wondered about the direction in which you were going? Where am I going? What am I doing? Why am I doing this particular thing I'm doing? I'll tell you, I always wondered when I was in high school, what classes was I going to take in high school? What career choice was I going to get ready for for the rest of my life? Those decisions, I remember trying to make those decisions in high school. What career was I going to go down? What job was I going to take? What college might I go to? What was I going to do? And the reality was that I was never really had a sense of direction when I was in school. I was getting ready to graduate. I was getting ready to head out into the world. Like I said, do I go to college? Which one do I go to? Do I, do I just skip that and get a job? Which profession do I take? Which career choice do I go down? I distinctly remember trying to always figure it out. I agonized over it because nothing really clicked for me. Nothing really made sense for me. And it really at times was exhausting. It became exhausting for me. The Bible tells us that God will instruct us and he will teach us in the ways in which we should go. I grew up in a house not knowing God at all. We didn't go to church. I didn't know who God was. I didn't have a relationship with God. I came to know God in about 24, 25 years old. So I know what it's like to be on both ends of the spectrum. So with that being said, can we figure things out on our own or should we look to God for what it is that he wants us to do? Bible tells us that God will instruct us and teach us in the ways in which we should go. And that if we labor in the Lord, it will not be in vain. Bible tells us that we can hope in the Lord. We can hope in him and we will not grow tired and we will not grow weary and that in fact he will give us strength and he will increase our power. Let's take a look at Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Hallelujah. I love this verse. There's a tremendous amount of hope in these passages here. A tremendous amount of hope that we can look at, that we can hold on to. Because I'll tell you, sometimes this world, it can be tough. There can be challenges that we face. There can be circumstances that we look at that seem impossible. And if we let it, it can wear us down. We can look into this world and we can see young men who are stumbling. 
and falling. We can see youths who are growing tired and weary. We see people who don't understand the very meaning of life. I remember what that felt like. I remember when I didn't know who the Lord was. I remember trying to figure out, what am I doing here? What, what basis am I to make my decisions on? I can relate with that. We see people who don't understand the very meaning of life. We see people who are giving up on life. They're just giving up. They're, they're calling it quits. They're, they're being done. You can even look into the church and see people who are getting tired and weary or stumbling and falling. You know what we call that in church? Burning out or backsliding. The promise here is that he will give strength to the weary and he will increase the power of the weak. He will give us strength. He will carry us through the situation that we are in. That no matter what we are facing, there is victory on the other side of it. We can walk through it with him. So how do we get rid of that purposelessness, that weariness, that hopelessness, which leads to stumbling and falling like I talked about just a few moments ago? See, it's one thing to stumble and to fall, to be tried and to be tested, but to persevere and to get back up and to do it again. But it's a whole nother thing to stumble, to fall, and to just give up. Those are two different things. We have to see God's plan in the midst of everyday life. And the answer, I believe, is in verse 31. It says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. We're going to come back to that verse when we close. And we're going to dig into that a little bit. But right now, let's take a look at 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. One of the questions I asked in the beginning was, have you ever done something that amounted to nothing? I know I've done a fair amount of that. This verse tells us that if we labor in the Lord, it's not in vain. It tells us to stand firm. It tells us to let nothing move us from where we are. That God has us right here, right now, and he has a plan. Now, why would Paul say this? Why would he say this? Because sometimes we feel like this very thing is happening. We don't always stand firm. And then, and then things come and, and they move us off the path that we're on. So the question is, can you labor and have it be in vain? It says your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So can we labor and have it be in vain? Well, here's the deal. We can think sometimes we're laboring in the Lord. We think that that is what we're doing sometimes. But really, 
We can be laboring in our own strength. We can be laboring in our own ideas. We can be laboring in our own plans, our own thoughts, and then we're hoping that the Lord comes and that he blesses it. That is laboring in vain. Laboring in the Lord means to do God's plan, his plans, not our plans. It's your effective and productive work for the kingdom of God. Jesus talked about this. He talked about it quite a bit. In fact, Jesus used a lot of farming analogies and parables, talked a lot about farming. Back then, they knew a lot about farming. It's what a lot of the folks back then did. They they were a part of that particular stuff. They were a part of farming. And so he talked a lot about farming, gave analogies and parables. It's what they understood. Talked about harvesting crops. He talked about producing fruit. With that being said, let's take a look at John 15, 1 through 4. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Now remain in me, and I will remain in you. Because no branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. This is Jesus talking. He's explaining why we were created. See, we were all created with a purpose. We were all created to be connected to the Father, to be connected in such a deep way a deep understanding that nothing will move us, that nothing will shake us, that we are so connected to the Father that we know we are to be right here doing exactly what he's calling us to do and nothing is gonna take me off that path. And we're to bear fruit for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. That's an amazing thing. That's an amazing thing amazing thing that we get to be a part of. Bearing fruit, like I said, is basically any kind of effective and productive service for the kingdom of God. There are lots of ways to be effective and productive for the kingdom of God. Coming to church on a weekly basis, on a a bi-weekly, whatever it is that you can do, come and, and serve and be in part of the community and family of God. Jesus says, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. The promise of Jesus is here that if we remain in him, he will remain in us. This is absolutely the key. This is what we have to focus on. This is what we have to understand This is what we have to work at on a daily and weekly basis. This needs to be our priority. It needs to be top on the list. Connecting with the Father. Spending time with Him. I can tell you, well, actually, my wife could tell you. If I go too long without spending time with the Father, she's probably the first one that knows 
because I started to get a little edgy. I started to get a little cranky. I started to lose focus. So I try and make it an absolute priority that I'm spending time with him. I try and do that on a a daily basis if possible, a weekly basis. Instead of sleeping in, I try and get up early and I'll go out and it's these beautiful fall days. It's a little crisp in the air and the leaves are starting to turn color and I'm in my yard and I'm thinking, man, it's beautiful. And no one else is there, just me and the Father. And if I go and I don't do that, I feel like I'm, I'm missing something that day. I'm missing something. Staying connected to the living God is what you were absolutely created for. When I was growing up, like I said, I, I didn't go to church. I didn't know God. My wife and I were dating. She came to know the Lord first. We happened to be living together. I saw the transformation in her life. She is okay with me sharing this, but she was someone who was depressed at the time. I wasn't depressed. There was always something missing here that I was always trying to fill. And I could feel it for just a little bit and then it would come back and that would happen over and over. I was always unsettled. But my wife, she was the one who was depressed and when she came to know the Lord, it was like an immediate transformation. Her life changed. She went into church one day, one person, and she came out a different person. I couldn't deny it. I tried. (laughs) That's how I started reading the Bible. For six months, I'm looking through that thing, trying to figure out a loophole as to what in the world was going on. Then I got saved. I started going to church with her. It was a long process for me. I had questions. I had doubts. I had thoughts. I wasn't looking for any type of change. I don't even know the exact day I got saved. But I know this. That thing that I was always trying to fill here, it was filled. That unsettled part was gone. I didn't have to run to all that other stuff that I always ran to. I didn't have to live for the weekend anymore and just wait for the weekend to come. It was amazing. Let's look a little closer at John 15 too. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he what? He prunes. That sounds like fun. Our best case scenario here is to get pruned. Have you ever trimmed a tree before? Whatever branch is dead, you you cut it off, and then the other branches that are left, you take and you, you trim them back. We do this because when we prune a branch, It becomes stronger. So you start by removing the dead, the damaged, the diseased parts of the branch. That's where you start. And this allows for more air and for more sunlight to pass through, which results in stronger branch and a stronger tree. That's exactly what God does to us. He's going to come and he wants to remove the dead, the damaged the diseased 
parts of us, and then he wants to replace it with him, with his spirit, with the fruits of the spirit. It's a process. I'm going to tell you, it's a lifelong process. But the good news is that we can be better today than we were a year ago, and we can be better tomorrow and next year than we are today. Because God will never stop and he will keep working on us and we can keep growing and getting stronger and we can keep overcoming and those situations and circumstances, those mountains and obstacles that are right in front of us that look so big, they start to get a little smaller and a little easier to climb. Being pruned, (laughs) it's not necessarily fun, but it's absolutely necessary. It makes us stronger. It's a beautiful process. Plus, we don't want to be the branch that's cut off. (laughs) So let's allow ourselves to be pruned. See, sometimes we labor in the Lord, and it takes a while to see fruit. Sometimes it can take so long to see the fruit that we're tempted to quit. Remember, has there ever been anything that you've done that that you haven't finished or that, that you quit. Sometimes the fruit is coming, but we're, it's, it's taking so long, it's so hard, it's such a process that we're tempted to just quit because nothing's happening and it's not worth it anymore. Especially in a culture where we're so instantly gratified, everything we want can come right now. Then we can feel like what we're doing, maybe it isn't making a difference when in the reality is, is that it is. Let's take a look at Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at a proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we do not give up. Why are we reminded here not to give up? I'll tell you why. Because people do. It happens But we see in the proper time, our labor in the Lord will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we stay so connected to the Father that we're not going to be moved off the path that he has us on. We know where we're going because he showed us the direction and we are not going to get off that path. We are not going to give up. We are not going to stop because there is victory on the other side of the mountain. There's victory as we go through the valley. There's a Psalm 23 that talks about the valley of death. It says, as we go through. It doesn't say that we get in the valley and we sit there forever. We go through the valley to the other side. Here's the deal. If we are in the will of God, laboring in the Lord... How much faith and energy do I have to exert to see things come to pass? Do I have to run until I crash and until I burn because I've exhausted so much energy that I'm just going to burn out and give up? Because that's not the way it's supposed to be, and it doesn't have to be that way. Or do I labor in the Lord, and I get renewed, and I get refreshed, and I get strengthened by God? You want to know what I see? You want to know what I, what I believe, what I've experienced? I believe you guys here are making 
a difference. You guys here are making a difference in the community of Cloquet. You guys here are making a difference in families, in your family, in your neighbor, in your coworker. You guys are making a difference. I believe you are part of advancing the kingdom of God. And guess what? We in Morgan Park, Good Hope Church in Morgan Park, we are a product of that. We launched a year ago out of here. There's a tremendous amount of stuff happening just 20 minutes away because of what you guys have done here. Hallelujah. You're seeing the harvest. We just had our one-year anniversary in Morgan Park. It was an awesome, awesome year. We got to be a part of seeing people's lives touched, people's lives changed, transformed, seeing families transformed, and the community is transforming, just like here, so that people can have faith to hope in the Lord again. I said that we would compact to Isaiah 40. 28 through 31. We're going to dig into this just a little bit here. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Hallelujah. Verse 31 says that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. I read that, and... To me, that's kind of loosely translated. It's just kind of loosely translated in that particular passage. Because in our culture today, we hope in a lot of things, don't we? Like, man, I hope the Vikings go to the Super Bowl. (laughs) You know, I, I hope I get a new TV for my birthday. We hope in a lot of things. And guess what? Those things are nice. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not the kind of hope that we're talking about here. So we looked it up. I wanted to understand this a little better. I wanted to get a deeper understanding of what was going on here. You see, in the original Hebrew text, hope in the Lord means this. It means bound together. It means twisted together. Hope in the Lord means twisted together like if you were to take a rope and all the strands and you put them all together. You're so deeply connected. There's so much strength there that nothing will break it. That's what that hope in the Lord means. Not just that I kind of hope something might happen someday, somewhere, something. But we are so deeply connected to the Father that nothing is going to move us off the path that we are on. When you translate that into English, it means to look, to wait, to gather, to be connected, hard to separate, not easily broken. So this isn't just kind of hoping. 
that God's going to come through in our situation. This is knowing that he will. This is knowing that we can stand right here where he has called us to stand. And we can believe for all the things that he has called us to and is doing and is going to do and know that nothing will take us off that path. And we can be so deeply connected to the Father that nothing will break that. That's what we can stand on. That's what we can believe in. That's what we're doing. I read a a book by Heath Adams. He wrote a book called The Bush Always Burns. And he talks about and tells a story about Moses when Moses saw the burning bush. Moses starts to go over there to see what's going on. And God called out to him from within the burning bush. And he told Moses, he said, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals. For the place where you are standing is holy ground. You see, Moses didn't recognize that. He didn't recognize what was going on. He didn't recognize that he was in the presence of the God Almighty and that it was a holy thing. It was holy ground that he was standing on. There's always a God thing ready to happen. The bush is always burning. And I'll tell you, there's always a harvest to reap in Cloquet, in Morgan Park, Proctor, Moose Lake, Sturgeon Lake, Gary, Esco. We need to be ready for it. We need to have the understanding and faith for it to happen. Because I'm going to tell you that Cloquet in Morgan Park is just the beginning. There's so much more. God's going to touch people. God's going to raise people up who are going to step out in faith and say, I'll do it. I'll be the one to go. I'll go to that community. Or I live in that community. I'm going to be the one to answer the call because there's a harvest and now is the time. And God's going to put that on someone's heart, people's hearts, and they're going to rise up and they're going to step out and they're going to be so connected, they're going to hear the call so great that nothing will stop it. Because Cloquet and Morgan Park are just the beginning. I believe that. I believe that nothing is impossible with God. So let's put our hope in the Lord. Let's stay so deeply connected to him, so bound together with him that he is our top priority, that tomorrow I'm going to get up a little bit early to spend time with him and the next day and the day after because he will change you from the inside out. If you're not happy with where things are right now in your life, I understand that. I remember being there, and we all face circumstances and situations where we think that from time to time, but I'll promise you, you go after him with all that you have, and your circumstances will change because that's who God is. He creates anew. He builds us up, and then he sends us out. 
because you were created for this very purpose. I'm going to close in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for who you are. Father, we, we thank you for your grace and your mercy that flows over us. Your love that's so deep. Father, your love for people and for, for families and for communities, Father, and what you're doing. And that we, we get to be a part of that. We get to serve. We get to, we get to experience. We get to see what you're doing. We get to see as people's lives are transformed right before our eyes. God, I pray right now that you would continue to raise people up, that you'd put dreams in people's hearts and, and the dreams that are there, Father, that we would step out and believe to go after them. And God, we, we thank you for all that you are doing. It's amazing what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do. So we're here today. We say, send me, send us. We will go. We will be the ones to go. We say that we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.